Hey, what's up, everybody? On this week's Sport Life Podcast, we're going to have a really important discussion, one I think our society needs to have a lot more, about the intersection of three things, sports, social media, and mental health. It was a great discussion. We hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Sportlight Podcast for parents, coaches, and athletes. The Sportlight refers to the time in an athlete's life when they have increased ability to affect the culture around them and the increased opportunity to learn life's lessons through sports. This podcast aims to help parents and coaches capitalize on their athletes' precious time in the Sportlight. The Sportlight Podcast is brought to you by Especially for Athletes program. You know, mental health is a real issue. So back in the day, Athletes, whether they were you know Division One high-profile athletes or professional athletes for that matter, or Olympians, they may do an interview, they may open up the newspaper and read an article, they may even turn on the evening news and see a, a snippet, and that was really it. All of the opinions of everybody else were left for the water cooler at work. That's where all those opinions got formed and that's where they got shared and whether they liked or disliked or agreed or disagreed, whatever that was, that's where all of those opinions got shared. The athletes never heard that, good and bad. So they never got really too high, they never got too low. With the evolution of social media, all of that water cooler talk now is directed directly at the athlete, the coach, the whatever they are. So they're hearing the good and the bad much more than they ever did historically in sport. They can't find an avenue essentially to defend themselves in in a way that never feels comfortable for them. So they harbor all of these feelings and they don't know what to do with them. And I think for us in the sporting world, it's taken us some time to actually recognize that. They're dealing with much more inside than maybe we gave them credit for because we see all the muscles, we see the speed, we see how big, how fast, how strong, but the heart really is kind of the same size. That really hasn't changed over time. And so I think just having a a better awareness on our end, really addressing it with them uh, and understanding that whether you're a Division I football player, a high school football player, a gymnast, a Major League Baseball player, it's a lot. There's a lot on them, and we have to recognize that. We definitely have to make sure we've got the mechanisms in place to support them. Well, Dustin, that was head football coach of Texas University, the Longhorn, Steve Sarkeesian. And that's something you and I have been talking a lot about over the years, just this extra dynamic of social media. Would you share some of the thoughts you've had on that recently? If a, if a basketball player tonight plays a basketball game and he, and he or she scores 30 points and has a, you know, a game winning three pointer or something 15, 20, 30 years ago, maybe that would get a snippet on the the news at 10 o'clock, right? Or maybe it would be the story on the high school sports page in the newspaper. Most cases, it would just be a paragraph somewhere in the newspaper. Nowadays, before that athlete gets home, that's going to be shared and on Instagram and Twitter and maybe on TikTok and who knows how many thousands and thousands of people are going to see it. I have a son who plays uh, high school sports. When he was a freshman, he had a fairly, I mean, it was a nice play in a, in a, a championship game his freshman year where he saved a ball. It was going out of bounds and he kind of saved it in. And then his, his teammate got it and shot it and made it. And it was towards the end of the game. 
but he kind of dove for the ball and he made a pretty good play on it. Somebody recorded that, put that up on Instagram. Barstool Sports got hold of it, reshared it, asked something about it through TikTok. A month later, I had a coach reach out to me and said, have you seen this? And this little video of, a, of a, some 14-year-old kids playing in a basketball game and this particular play had had over a million views. Like, it was crazy, right? And these kids were watching it over and over and over. And sure enough, if you read the comments underneath it, it didn't take long to find some coward out there that would figure out a way to take a shot at one of the kids for how he looked or whether or not he... You know, that, that just, they, they, you'd see, I mean, people were writing negative things on a play that was, that wasn't the intention of the post. Right? right. But that's what happens nowadays is that everybody is, you know, can have a phone, can have an opinion and can hide behind it from another state or another country where before social media came out, you would never hear that. Sorry, that idiot, <laughs> that clown, <laughs> you know, talk like that. But now when you're a professional athlete, it hurts. And you hear professional athletes say, hey, I'm a human too. Like I hear these things, but the reply to that that you'd hear from us is, well, hey, that's why you get paid millions of dollars, right? right. But they're still human. Okay, well, what about the 14-year-old, right? What about the 17-year-old? Are they getting paid? Do they deserve, right? But so yes, there's going to be a, a, a negative effect to our kids seeing and hearing these things, kids and coaches, at the high school and youth levels and college levels, it's not going to go away because social media is not going away. Kids aren't going to get off of it. And so, you know, what do we do? I'm glad to hear a college coach addressing something that you and I have been addressing for years every day. And that is that, again, I, I'm sure people get sick of me saying this. I'm always going to go back to this. Parents, if you have a son or daughter involved in athletics, we have to sit, you need to study these types of things, find these, these sorts of stories and studies and things that are out there, discuss it with your spouse or partner and sit down and talk to your son or daughter about these things. Do not expect the school or the coach, as hard as they might try, it's, they've got a hundred of those kids they've got to deal with, right? In some cases, or dozens of them on a team. They won't be able to give your son and daughter the training and the, the tools necessary to handle this if they're the ones that get caught in the crosshairs of some social media comment or post. So we have to, as parents, get involved. You know, Dustin, I have shared a story many times, and you've heard me share this when I we teach athletes a lot about building resilience. And this is one yeah. of the reasons why, right? We say this. This generation or people our age often say this is a less resilient generation. And sometimes I wonder, well, are they less resilient or did they just have a lot more crud to deal with you know, yeah. that we had to yeah. deal with, especially with this yeah. social media stuff? And I've shared the story of when I was a sophomore in high school, my coach put me in last couple seconds of a game. My, my team had fought back from down 14 points in the fourth quarter to be within one. We foul a guy. We think he's going to make both free throws. So we're going to be down by three and I shot three pointers and my coach puts me in just in case they guard Al Larison, which was our main guy, little sophomore shad might be open to shoot a three and try to tie the game. He only makes one of the two free throws. So we're down by two, the ball rebound comes to Juan Fernandez, gets it out to me. I take a few dribbles. I pull up, shoot a three. A guy doesn't expect me to stop 
plows over me and I'm shooting a three-pointer as the buzzer rings and I get three free throws down two in the semifinal of the Hart Holiday Classic down in in Southern California. Please tell me that you shot it like, because it sounds like the Hoosier story, right? Please tell me that you went to the goal line and shot it, or to the free throw line and shot it granny style (laughs) and made it. No, Thank I did not, Dustin. But that would have been cooler. But I probably looked right. a lot like that kid at that time that was shooting that. And uh, but I missed two of the three free throws. And I remember how devastating that was for me personally to feel yeah. like I. It wasn't even like that. I didn't get the glory or anything like that. I had just watched my teammates fight back, down fourteen points, and and then I felt like I let my team down. You know. Yeah. And I went home and here's, you kind of alluded to this, but the way it used to happen back then, I remember picking up the newspaper the next day and what was written about that event, what I got to read about it was from a writer. His name was Brian Robbins. And he wrote, that was a terrible situation to put a young sophomore in. And he did it so deferentially to me. You know, like, oh, this poor kid was put in this real difficult situation against a home crowd with them making lots of noise. And uh, and he had quotes, compassionate quotes about about me and and then went on and told the story of the game. Uh, Imagine that video now being uploaded. So that's what I read about it. What I left with was that's a terrible place to put a sophomore in. Now it would be a video of me and then a bunch of 40 year old people and other people talking about how I choked, what a loser, yeah. what a, yeah. So, so what our kids are dealing with, they're still playing the same sport, same outcomes, same losses, same victories. Like you, you talked about, I don't know if the world is more critical, but it doesn't happen as coach Sarkeesian said there at the water cooler anymore. It yeah. happens where they can read what every what every person, what opinion they have about yeah. their game. Even if it's a success, like you said, yeah. someone will start, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. nice form or nice this yeah. or nice that. Yeah. And they get they just live in such a more critical world. So building yeah. their ability to be resilient to that world is critical. One of our main missions, one of our core principles critical for coaches. And as you said, especially critical for parents. So my question for you is after being a high school football coach and coaching these really high profile quarterbacks, you've had quarterbacks that have almost start in every high school here in Utah, where we are in Idaho and Arizona, but, but you've had quarterbacks you've trained, go on to the NFL, go on. And I mean, they're starting in all the colleges around here right now. Yeah. What would you say to parents who are saying, yeah, my kid's in this critical world. How do I help them build the resilience to deal with this world that they're in? Well, one of the hard parts, I think, Shad, in that for any parent is how do you build resiliency without going through something that causes you to have to be resilient, right? Like, it's not like you know, to build a muscle, you've got to train the muscle. Well, how do you train the resiliency muscle? You, you have to go through the muscle has to be pushed. Right. So, you know, I think part of that is that's, what's great about sports. If we, as parents and coaches allow the kids to go through it and we don't 
maybe, you know, throw the shield up in front of our son or daughter too much and deflect all of the, the arrows. And then they never, you know, they never build the Teflon they need to become resilient. Now, with that said, does that mean we just throw our kids out to the wolves and say, Hey, you know, you're going to get, I, I think the trick is to sit down with our athletes and say, okay, look, when you choose to go into this and uh, this world and you know, people are going to record it. People are going to talk about it. People are going to post things. They're going to say things at games. You are subject subjecting yourself to some potential embarrassment. Most kids understand that I believe because they've all struck out or missed a shot or something. And, and the resilient ones came back the next day to practice. They didn't quit. Right. Um, so they are building some resiliency just from that. Cause they get, I mean, you get beat at practice and you get beat at games. And that's the great, great part about, about, about sports. But I guess the best way, best thing we can do is let them know there's going to be a time somewhere in your career when something bad happens and there are going to be cowards out there who are going to look at this as an opportunity to feel better than you and to feel bigger than you. And a lot of even them are 45 jealous. year old, even 45 year old cowards who are yeah. sitting there looking back at, Hey, somehow I can make this 18 year old kid, 16 yeah. year old kid feel worse. That'll make my 18 year old self feel better. Yeah. somehow. Exactly. Anyway. They're, yeah. They're, yeah. They're, they're reliving it or they've got their own demons from the past and they feel like here's a chance for me to make sure this, you know, my opinion gets shared on why he missed that or why he shouldn't his coach. You just, it's going to happen. And uh -huh. so, what I would ask parents to do, and I know that a lot of colleges will tell athletes to do this. Hey, during the season, have somebody else manage your social media as it comes to games and things like that. Like stay off of it. Really? What's the, do you have to be on it? Like if you know that you're in that sport light and things might be said or shared about you, it's, 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 energy that you're burning that you don't have to burn if you're trying to become an elite level athlete and student and other things that are important you probably need to carve that part out and maybe have somebody else manage it you know i know you'll hear athletes all the time pro athletes say i don't you know i don't read the newspaper after games i don't get on social media i know some college coaches who just simply say hey and athletes i'm signing off i'll see you in a couple months and they get back on after and they don't need to know right like so i think that it it's if, especially if we feel like our kids are are going to struggle handling it um and we know that certain kids might struggle a little bit more than others but we do need to have an adult present not to deflect all of the you know the arrows but the ones that are killers i think an adult needs to be there because like you said, there are adults out there that are taking shots at kids. And there are things being said about kids that might be a little too hard for the kid to handle. They're going to go through the, the, I mean, you learned resiliency from that experience and Absolutely. you had to decide to come back and you know, it's, it's, it wasn't deflected. Your mom and your dad didn't sit you down. And my guess, knowing your dad, he didn't sit you down and say, you know, what a flipping, you know, to hell with your coach, Chad, right? He shouldn't have put you in there. That's not your fault. That's his fault, right? He probably, Chad, I'm proud of you. I know how hard you've worked. Next time you get in that moment, I bet you're going to make them.
but I'm proud that your coach trusted you to put you in there. You, that's not going to make the pain really lesser for you because you missed the shots, but he, he could have gone and, uh, you know, a parent could go and blame the, who passed it to you or blame the play call or blame the, right. The coach, um, or you could flip it and say, Hey, how cool is that? That your coach put you in there and trusted you to take that shot. Hey, even the very best in the world, miss free throws sometimes and miss game winners and miss shots there, but you got a chance to learn that you're more resilient and better prepared for it next time. And, 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 and that's going to help you. Yes. You learned the lesson, but you didn't have somebody, you know, completely shield you from everything by making an excuse for you. And, completely shelter you and you know in the process because that can also create a lack of resiliency yeah you know dustin i i've hugged my dad often in my life but there's a few hugs that i'll never forget and that that day it's almost hard not to get emotional about it but all my dad did all he did was walk down out of the stands find me i was in tears slapping hands came out of you know saying goodbye yeah. the, the other team had rushed the court it was semi-final of a big tournament um the other fans had it was their home court so they had rushed the the stands yeah. or the court my dad found me and gave me a hug that's yeah. it told me he loved me yeah and uh I don't remember some long conversation about it. I don't remember anything. I just yeah. remember my dad coming down, finding me, knew I was crushed. He knew how competitive I was. He he didn't make any excuses. He didn't pile on anything. All he did was give me a hug, tell me he loved me, told me we'd talk when I when I got home and it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. You know, I remember that hug yeah. almost 30 years later. And, uh, and so, you know, that, that for me is that that's what parents can do. They could just show that love, but I love what you're saying about sometimes it's wise to, to counsel kids, just get off that stuff during your season. Yeah. You know, a lot of professional athletes do that. Yeah. And, and if you're off it or, you know, you're on it or whatever, I said this to a football team that I coached after they lost a playoff game that, that they, they, you know, we, we should have won and everybody was pretty, you know, upset by it. And I knew there was going to be some criticism coming of everybody and which is part of the game. That's part of the business. But I made sure that I said it loud enough that others could hear that we're kind of around as well. And that was that, Hey, oftentimes the loudest critic is, the one who didn't have the guts to come out and be under the spotlight, right? To come be in the fire. They're the ones who critique and from a distance point fingers and tweet and post and complain. They all know better, right? They all would have called the right play and they all would have made the shot and they all, but, but you know, how cool is it in this particular story that you just shared? Like I, and I kind of touched on it earlier that you had the guts to put yourself in a situation that you knew you could be called on. And that's, we all know that situation could come up. If you, as soon as you suit up, like you're expected to be ready to 
go in. Otherwise, don't suit up, right? You want to get in those moments. That's why, like, you should want to get in there. Make or miss it. And I told I was everybody. Excited. Yeah. Like, when he called I, my name, I wasn't like, oh, crap, I'm going in the game. Oh, I didn't sign up for this. Like, I was pumped that's why, to be put That's in the why game. you, yeah, you'd work for that moment. And yeah. make or miss it, win or lose, at least you got to feel it, right? Here's here's what I, I, I believe this to the my core. Life should be felt. It's about moments, right? It's the boring life is the one that has no emotional ups or downs to it down. So you can appreciate the ups, right? So that you, you can lean on friends or lean on, you know, help, but it's going to have downs as well, or sorry, ups as well. But the, the, the key to it, the key to it is understanding that, Hey, I got a chance to be in the battle. I got a chance to be in the fight and win or lose. I felt something. And so, you know, dad gummit, it was, it was the sucky feeling and I didn't like it, but I felt it. Somebody else up in the stands, they go through life. It's 82 and breezy every Friday night. It's just comfortable. It's easy, man. This is nice. I'm on, I got to be down where it's going to get ugly sometimes and it's windy and stormy and uncomfortable. And I, you know, you're in the heat. But I'm also going to have a moment when, right, I'm on the top of the mountain. And, and that's part of the, we sign up for that. So I would say to the athlete, son or daughter, if you're going to do this, you, there's going to be low, low, low moments. And there's going to be high, high, high moments. But what I'm going to do is regardless, as long as you put you, the effort and attitude necessary into it, I love you regardless. Try to have as much fun as you can. At the end of this, you're going to learn a lot more from the missing the free throws than you would have from making them really. I agree. I, I look back on that. Life. I've made some winning shots. I've done some things. Yeah. I, I don't think about those as much as I think about that moment. And I can remember those feelings. I saw a video the other day, Dustin, where someone was like, I imagine that if I was up in heaven and God came to me and said, okay, you're going to go down to earth. Right. And, uh, and, you could sign up to go or not, but here's here's what's going to happen. You know, you're going to go down. You get to feel joy. You get to feel pain. Yeah, you're going to have the opportunity to feel love and hate. You're going to have the opportunity to feel exhilaration and disappointment. And do you want to go down and experience all those things? You know, and yeah. it was it was just I think it was like you know this person talking to some actress and. And she said, I would have signed up for that. I would have said, yeah, I want to feel all those things. And she talked about the importance of just embracing the opportunity to feel things in life, you know, the highs, the lows. And I think if we just understand we are going to feel that, especially if we're an athlete, we're signing up to feel those things, right? We're going to strike out. We're going to hit home runs. We're going to I mean, it's just going to be this wide array of emotions because we sign up to play sports. What a what a great gift sports gives yeah. us just to feel, just to feel so many things. And, yep. and uh, that's definitely a pivotal point in my life when I learned to deal with uh, criticism. Kind of the, the social media for me was the next day when I was walking around because it was a tournament. So we were playing in the consolation championship the next day or the third and fourth place game yeah and i just saw all these moms 
you know, point, oh, that's the kid, you know, and I saw <laughs> yeah. these people feeling sorry for me. And to be honest, it fired me up. You know, I was yeah. like, forget that. Watch this, you yeah. know. And then yeah, I, yeah. You want to you yeah. show them that, yeah, the, you, as a competitor, that that's going to motivate you. Right. You know, more than anything is you don't want people to feel sorry for you. Yeah. Right. Like you are not yeah. going to feel sorry for me. And, and yeah. So, so Dustin, you shared something that got a little bit of run on your Twitter account from someone yeah. that we both consider a mentor, Gordon B. Yeah. Hinckley. Yeah. And he shared this clip. Maybe I'll share this clip and, and you can share with us why it impressed you so much and why it might be something valuable to share with our young people as they deal with this very critical world that they're growing up in. A small publication that came to me some years ago carried the following, quote, Once a man who had been slandered by a newspaper came to Edward Everett Hale asking what to do about it. Said Hale, Do nothing. Half the people who bought the paper never saw the article. Half of those who saw it did not read it. Half of those who read it did not understand it. Half of those who understood it did not believe it. Half of those who believed it are of no account anyway. (laughs) So many of us make a great fuss of matters of small consequence. We are so easily offended. Happy is the man who can brush aside the offending remarks of another and go on his way. All right, Dustin, what impressed you about that? And it seemed to resonate with a lot of people. Yeah, I was surprised at how it resonated with so many people all over the country. And not surprised, I just, it, the, some of the people who, I mean, I'm not surprised because it's it's truth, right? It's a great story. I was surprised at the variety of different people who commented on it, wanted to know more about it. You know, what was the rest of that, that sermon that he gave? Um, but I think the reason that it touched so many people is that that's a, that, and that was years and years ago is that that's such a relevant topic right now and such a relevant, really maybe skill set to have right now, right? Is the, the, the man or woman who can brush aside, you know, the opinions or thoughts of another person about them and go about their way, right? Move on. And, and I love the way that he broke it down. And it's, I think that's true, right? I think that we oftentimes, we think that everybody's constantly watching us, that we live in this, you know, like the movie, the Truman show or something that everybody's watching us and we're the only ones being viewed. And if we do anything, if somebody says something about us on a post or, or, you know, in, in public that everybody must have heard it and that everybody must agree with it. And I think the way he broke it down is probably more accurate that most people didn't even pay attention. And the ones who did, a lot of them didn't believe it, thought that the source it came from or something was crazy. And the people who did believe it, you know, it, it, it don't, most of them don't really matter anyway. There's that quote that, uh, you know, some people have a, a problem for every solution. Right. And, and there's going to be those people out there that no matter what, 
they're going to see or hear something and they're going to find a problem for it or a reason to critique or condemn or, you know, uh, take a shot at somebody for whatever. And so those people are out there. And as soon as you put yourself into the spotlight or into any position of, of attention, you are going to find people that are going to take that as an opportunity to, you know, take a shot at you. And that's just life. And social media has given everybody a platform to do that and to hide behind their computer or their phone and do it. Unfortunately, now we have young kids that are going to get access to that. And they're going, they're not, they're not built yet in most cases to handle it. We're as adults, it's difficult, but for a kid, holy cow, you know, it's going to be so at, yes, as coaches and parents, we need to talk to our kids. If you're going to play sports, this is what's going to potentially happen. If we as parents are going to allow you to have social media, right? We are putting gasoline and a blowtorch to what could possibly happen if a mistake is made or, you know, something happens in a game, something embarrassing, right? So as long as we all understand that, then it's the ability to say, okay, don't pay attention to it, right? Like, don't, you got to understand most people don't believe it. Most people don't think it's true. The ones who really matter don't and go about your way and move on and win the hour and don't let that affect the next hour and the next hour and the next hour. Cause that's what it does. And our, our first principle of, especially for athletes winning the hour, we can't let what happened last hour affect us negatively in the future. We got to live forward and not, you know, not through our rear view mirror. So if I'm a le- letting two days ago and the, the, the event that happened two ye- days ago, and I'm still looking at it on social media, I'm letting the negative effects of two days ago affect me today. Probably going to miss that shot again or, or never get my mind right. I'm not going to heal from it. One play and clear. And how do we do that? Realize there's going to be folks out there who, no matter what, are going to find a problem to everything. They're just pessimistic people. Most people don't know that it even happened. The ones who do don't believe it was as bad as you do. And so with that said, it's very few people that really care and they don't matter anyway. That's what I love about it. What, what were your thoughts on that? Oh, I loved it. I thought of the truth of it. And sometimes I think people nowadays, they'll they'll type out something, you know, they'll see something, they'll react to it for whatever reason. Negative gets a lot more run in our society than the positive does. Yeah. And so someone who even makes a mistake, I feel bad for young people who make a mistake off the field and all of a sudden they're, they're labeled by their worst moment of their life. They've lived a wonderful 18 years and then they have a bad 15 seconds. You know, we've seen a number of these stories happen that get caught on tape and then that gets a lot of run and everyone labels them by the worst, worst 15 seconds of their life, you know? Yeah. And what I love about that is we could think that the whole world is staring at us when in reality, I think what Gordon B. Hinckley said in that quote is more, more reality that even some people who are typing some really hateful things, the moment they do that, they push enter and then they move on to find some other thing to write something hateful about. They don't even remember that they said what they said. Yeah. And so, but it does seem to be more weighty than it actually is. And I think the way that Gordon B. Hinckley explained it here is a healthy way for us to look at the negative that comes our way. The other thought that I had is for us as parents and for teammates, young people, that when we see someone being attacked, when we see someone's worst moment being just 
yeah, they're broadcast. being hammered for it. Yeah. You know, Dustin, I know you did this recently for someone that, that you know that right now is a very high-profile athlete. And the things that came toward you for just defending this this young person and and uh just saying hey this is a this is a good person who's going to figure it out and maybe they were being unfairly labeled i think we got to do that stuff and you took some heat for doing that but but we have to go out and and be the good right you see that on some some bumper stickers around be the good if there's a lot of negative online maybe we could go online and try to if someone's being heaped upon, be that ray of sunshine there to remind people that this is a person. Yeah. Especially if it's a high school athlete. But I think even in your situation, a pro athlete. But when it's a pro athlete, a college athlete, the things people say from their couches, they do hurt. Yeah. And I think what, what Gordon B. Hinckley said is really important to remember, but also for us, be the good. Get yeah. online and defend people and talk about yeah. their goodness, their character, their contributions. I think that would be wise for each of us to do, especially if your teammate is having those things happen to him. Uh, man, get on and tell people how wonderful that teammate is. Well, and be quicker. You know, and we've been talking about this just, I think, recently, just because it's the holiday season, you know, Christmas and Thanksgiving time and things as we're more thoughtful and and more grateful and appreciative of things is, you know, as critical as we might be as coaches, because you do, I mean, part of coaching is you, I mean, that's what you, you criticize a weakness and then to make it known. And then you try to coach it and train it and, and build it to be stronger and, and constructive criticism and criticism done and received the right way. Isn't, you know, I think that's healthy, but there has to be a level of humility on both sides given and received um, in order for it to be positive. But, also making sure that we celebrate, you know, the small victories and the small wins in each other, because those, those are going to get remembered as well. Right. And, and sometimes uh, that's really what the person needs. So anytime we see an opportunity to throw a small compliment or a small victory at somebody like I, like you and I talked about earlier with, with your particular situation, and I'm sure there were people that did this. The first thing I thought when you told me that story, Shad, I didn't think that's a tough spot to put a sophomore in. My first thought was, how cool is that that they put a sophomore in, right? The Shad was, is a good enough shooter to go in there. If, if 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 I were in that situation and I knew you, I was a dad of another player. I was, you know, your dad or a coach or something. My thought would have been, hey man, how freaking cool is that that you were at the foul line, right, with all those people booing and yelling at you? How many sophomores? in the state of California would could have even prepared themselves to even have anybody that knows the game trust to put them in the game in that moment. You must have done a heck of a lot of development and your work ethic and, you know, to be trusted in that moment. And yeah, you missed the shot, right? Who cares? Guys miss shots all the time. They miss field goals all the time. They throw bad passes. They miss tackles. They strike out like Right. It happens all the time in big moments. People strike out. Somebody makes the last out in every World Series every year. Right. He either strikes out or he hits a pitch that he should have hit in play and he popped it out or grounded out. And it happens. Right. And that guy is, is in the major leagues. I promise you, he's done a lot of really good things in his life, but he's the last out. Yeah. Right. And so, but he was in that moment. 
we can focus on the fact that he struck out. But holy cow, you know what? I'll volunteer to be the guy to be able to be at plate in the World Series. Yeah. And if I win or lose, at least I got a chance to swing it, right? And yeah. I think that's what we tell our kids is, listen, win or lose, it, put yourself in the best possible chance to, in those moments, at least take a punch. And you might hit, you might miss, but at least you can go to your grave someday saying, hey, all you critics out there, all you cowards out there, at least I got a chance to take the punch. You guys were sitting in the crowd wishing you were me, right? Yeah. And, and you probably all would have made it because you're all, you're all, you know, you're all great. But I know that I had the opportunity. I think if we teach our kids that, but that they are going to fail and it is going to be crummy sometimes. Um, and then like your dad did in that moment, parents just hug them. Hey, I love you. How cool is it? You got the chance. And then it's just a game. Let's move on. What's the next thing? What do you want to do tomorrow? Yep. Your son's probably going to say, I want to go shoot free throws. Awesome. Cause I know you well enough to know that weekend you were shooting. Right. And because, and there's the lesson. And so you didn't go tuck your tail between your leg and feel sorry and blame everybody. You got a basketball and went and, the, and probably in your driveway, the first hoop you could find anywhere. And you started shooting. That's resiliency being now applied and learned. And later in life, when you made another error and missed a shot and, you know, the figurative life setting, you, you made a mistake as in business or as a husband or whatever, you were built to then handle it. That's the beauty of sports parents. When it happens, coaches, when it happens, let's not make excuses. Let's own it. It is what it is. In your case, you missed the shot, right? And you missed it and you know, you should have made it. And if I'm your coach, Chad, next time I put you in there, I need you to make them right. <laughs> but, but here's the deal. Next time that moment comes, you're going to be on the floor again. And I know in your case you were right. And you had other opportunities yep. and that's how the lesson of resiliency is taught. It's understood. It's applied. If we don't put ourselves in those situations, or if we don't let our kids get put them, get themselves in those situations, they're not going to learn it until it's something a little bit more serious than probably some free throws. And then they may find going back to what I said at the very beginning, we don't know how resilient we are until we have to be resilient. So I think every opportunity we have to miss a free throw or make a free throw prepares us for the later times in life when we can say, yeah, I've gone through some crummy things and I got through it. I can get through this one. Absolutely. Uh, we have a slide in our current presentation. It's one of my favorite little quotes from our book. One of the greatest gifts that sports gives an athlete is the opportunity to experience failure. Yeah. And I believe that, man. I believe yeah. it. And for those parents who are in the stands, who sometimes even the things we say to one another, let's just make sure we remember these are kids who are out there giving everything they have to try to be successful. Yeah. And extend a little more grace toward them, toward their coaches who do so much for so little compensation. Yeah. It's just, I think extending just a side note here, Dustin, I, I just think there could be a lot more understanding on behalf of those watching to make sure we're not that, that guy. Yeah. 
Yeah. He's sitting there talking about, oh my gosh, hit a receiver. Oh my yeah. gosh, you know, hit a shot. Just understand they have put in hours and hours and hours. They are giving their best effort. I will never criticize an athlete for anything other than effort and attitude. Yeah. If I know my daughters gave everything they had to a tennis match or to a dance performance, if they had a great attitude and great effort, I'm I'm good. Now, yeah. I'll hug you through the result if it's disappointing. There are times if I see bad attitude or or lack of effort that I'll address that with them like, "Hey, you need to work. You need to do some work." But so often we become outcome oriented and we become hypercritical of outcomes when the kids have obviously done their best to prepare, obviously done their best to perform, and the outcome did not turn out the way that we wanted as an adult. Yeah. We should really hold our tongues in those situations and concentrate yeah. on those things that are within their control, attitude and effort. And most of the time that's there. And from the stands, uh, the, the person that you you're talking about, you know, on the field, if they hear it, it's not going to make them perform better. If it's a negative comment, if they didn't hear it, then what you said, you know, wasn't necessary. If the, if the people around you heard it, another mom or dad of that child hears it, it hurt them as well. So the best thing is just not to say it yeah. right, because it's not going to do any good if it's, if it's something negative and just keep it to yourself. And, uh, like you said, realize that it, it, that, that kid's out there trying as hardest. And so is the coach. If it's a negative comment, I can tell you this. Usually, unfortunately, it does work its way back to the person in other areas. Oftentimes, maybe it's through a couple different people. And sometimes what you said gets worse as it gets passed on through the different people. I've had things, there's, there's things that have been said to me. I know that I've been told have been said when in games, coaching and things or coaches I've coached with that have been said about them on my staff or other staffs or whatever. The person said it didn't think anybody heard it, but or that it wouldn't get back to us or to the player on the field because it was, you know, up in the bleachers. But it got back to the player. It got back to the assistant coach or it got back to me through a couple other people. And maybe what got back to me was a lot worse than the way you really said it. Right. And and just don't say it then. Right. Like just how about this? Come coach, you know, or put yourself in the fire or, you know, wait till your son or daughter is in that position and they miss the shots or they miss the receiver or they miss the putt or whatever. In those moments, my guess is you're going to really hope that there's some adults in the area that show some em empathy and compassion for your son or daughter and aren't quick to criticize and, you know, and condemn. Um, and that's really the message of eyes up, do the work, right? Compete, compete. But, you know, let's understand this mental health thing is real, like Coach Sarkeesian said, and also train as best we can our kids to, and us as adults as well, to not get so offended by everything, try our best to move on and block it out and realize that it's not usually as bad as we make it to be. And especially if it's on social media um, and, and probably best to just, limit your time on it, especially if you're involved in competitive sports, don't get on it. One thing that I like to tell myself in the stand, maybe I'll end with this thought, then have you just yeah. share any closing, closing thoughts you have. Why not just talk as though if you're in the stands and you're an adult, talk as though their parents can hear you. Yeah. 
And if you're talking about the coach, talk as though their spouse can hear you. Yeah. How kind would you be? How how compassionate, empathetic would you be if that were the case? And if if we just remember that, if we would be embarrassed by someone's parents hearing what we're saying about their child, then a man or woman of integrity wouldn't say that. Yeah. Barry Parker, you know, he he said that one of the most important quotes his father ever said to him is be the same person in the light as you are in the dark. Yeah. So if we think we're saying all these things secretly or behind the safety of the internet or whatever, just that that's fine. Okay, but it didn't get back to them or they didn't hear what you whispered to the person next to you. That's still who you are, though. So yeah. why not concentrate on being the kind, lifting, helping person who does lives their life with their eyes up and does the work to lift people you're, you're still that person even if no one hears you and you're just whispering it to the person next to you so why not just concentrate on our own character and not say anything that would hurt another person or would hurt their parents or would hurt their spouse why not be the kind of person who cares deeply about who we are not just how people perceive us and be yeah. the kind of person who just doesn't say that stuff yep well, as it, in, in my final words, just going off what Coach Sarkeesian said is understanding that mental health has always been there, you know, been a thing. Fortunately, now I, we're talking about it. Fortunately, now I think most coaches are, are are learning to deal with it and 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 discuss it with kids and look for it. We need to get better still, but I think parents are more aware of it because I think parents are also dealing with it, right? It's not just the kids that parents are ap- absolutely dealing with it. Um, coaches are dealing, some of the coaches that, you know, are, are supposed to be helping these kids deal with it are also dealing with it. Now they're not dealing with it on the sidelines in front of the kids. Yeah, I mean, they are, but they're keeping it quiet, right? They're going home and they might have a spouse or kids or something to have to see the, the result of some of the things that they deal with because they are coaching. Um, and that's not, you know, probably right, but it is what it is. And, uh, but I think the key to it is for everybody who might listen to our podcast is to recognize that it can attack and and affect anybody. It doesn't care who you are or what sport you play or how good you are or bad you are. And if you're involved in sports, that sport light that can be such an awesome thing. So fun to be, to be recognized and to be talked about and to be written about in papers or online. Like that's a fun thing. And everybody likes to be recognized and appreciated can also be the other side of that sword comes with it some real deep pain uh, because when you do mess mess up or not do well, yeah. uh, it, it, the other side of the sport light, it can hurt. And so making sure that we're telling our kids and our players, hey, if you're going through that or dealing with something, please come and talk to us or let's discuss it and talk about it. Don't feel like you got to go deal with it yourself because that can linger with them and it'll come up in other games and other practices and later in life. And if it's best to talk about it, but we have to sometimes pry it out of kids because they don't know really how to talk about it. We have to have our eyes up and be looking for those signs in our kids and in those in their friends and in the kids we coach. And if we see it, have the courage to go and do the work and Hey, say, Hey, the best thing for you might not be to, you know, to shoot, free throws today. Best thing for you is to come sit down on this bench for me for with me for 30 minutes. And let's talk about how you're doing and what's going on. Because, you know, that's the, that's the real issue. Maybe some kids are struggling. It has nothing to do with 
you know, a, a physical, it's a mental thing. So anyway, those would be my, my final thoughts, Shan. Awesome. Well, thank you. I think what Coach Sarkeesian brought up, that quote from Gordon B. Hinckley, I think it's really, those are great things. And I'm, I'm grateful that Coach Sarkeesian is shedding some light on this specific thing that the mental health combined with this new element of social media. And it's something that we need to have these discussions about. We didn't cover everything we could have today. And I would love to hear other people's thoughts on this as they listen to this and and their perspectives on it, because it's something we all need to start talking about. And how are we going to help our young people not be so impacted negatively by what people are doing and saying about them online? Because it's a real a real thing, especially in sports. So yep. thank you, Dustin, for, yeah. for what you shared. Yep. And, and uh, thank you, everyone, for joining the Sportlight Podcast. Keep your eyes up. Do the work. This has been the Sportlight Podcast from Especially for Athletes, sponsored by Coca-Cola. You can learn more about Especially for Athletes by visiting the website at especiallyforathletes.org. You can also learn more about the book, The Sportlight, by Shad Martin and Dustin Smith at especiallyforalfies.org slash book.